Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined on this very special occasion uh, by the luckiest woman in the world and my wife. Amy Griffey. There you go. See, we got the cue and the the call and demand. Uh, Guys, this is the podcast where we look at movies we love. Break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. (laughs) (laughs) You like that intro? (laughs) You're like, this is why I married this guy. Hilarious pro wrestling. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) That's right. So this month, guys, has been the pod joins the Brat Pack. Um, We pretty much cleaned house. You guys would have had access to St. Almost Fire now. Uh, man, weren't those people terrible. But tonight we're wrapping up because I know everyone was like, where are the two that we want? 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink. So tonight is a special treat. Uh, Dan Dino and his wife, Andrea, are recording 16 Candles. Myself and my wife, Amy, are doing Pretty in Pink uh, to wrap out this month, man, with the Brat Pack. It's been really fun. Amy, you have loved this movie for a long time. Tell me your experiences with Pretty in Pink uh, before today. And including today, I guess. Um, I watched it when I was like a teenager and I just, I love 16 Candles. So I was like, okay, I want to see what else this guy has made. So I checked out Pretty in Pink and then it just reminded you of like everything about high school and Andy's an awesome character and just falling in love and like getting your heart stomped and all the things. I love it. You love it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what I took away uh, in today's world is. Wow, these guys suck. <laughs> uh, my biggest takeaway is why on earth are people pro-Ducky? Like, why are they Team Duck in this movie? Because he's sweet and he loves her. No, what he is is a sexual harasser, a stalker, um, well... a deviant. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the moment she might get a date with creepy-ass Andrew McCarthy, he just, like, lays into her, tears her a new one. He's left alone in a room. You know he's been panty smelling. <laughs> this is what I mean. Ducky's one of those guys. My theory is, and this is something we come across a lot with the Brat Pack, is Andrew McCarthy and Ducky in this movie, probably, like, maybe it's because I've been watching Mindhunter so much, but I'm like, these are serial killer signs. <laughs> like, he's definitely collected all the little redheaded girls in town, and he's like, my Andy dolls, <laughs> you know, in his garage with the leather face meat hooks. Like, Aww. Ducky's a bad, bad guy in this movie. He has some weirdo tendencies, but I think his heart's in the right place. I mean, he, he comes her. on hard immediately. The first thing we see is he's kind of like barreling into Molly Ringwald, right? You know, hey, uh, uh, let me do this. And he turns around to these two girls and he's like, hey, I can impregnate you by Christmas. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Like, I know it's it was the aggressive. 80s and we're old enough. We remember a time when that was like, that's the crazy thing. These are normal mainstream movies. Yeah. Where they're just like, yeah, that's a normal, likable guy. There's a whole generation of women, your generation, that have told me that, oh, why did she choose Andrew McCarthy, who's obviously a piece of shit by the end of the movie also, and not Ducky? And you're like, because Ducky actually is going to end up taxidermying people. He's trying to kill her. <laughs> He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Give me your pro-Ducky argument. <laughs> I just think he's sweet. And like I said, you know, like he loves this girl and they seem to get really get along, even though she's like annoyed half the time. But in that like scene in her bedroom, you can kind of see like, you know, they're really good friends. I but, think maybe they were before hormones kick in. Right. Yeah. Like once the hormones kicked in, he turned into this. And I don't think he actually cares about her at all. Right. Like there's the great scene when she's getting her guts ripped out in front of everyone in the school by Andrew McCarthy. 
When essentially he's like, yeah, you know what? I do want to choose my rich friends over you. And he's yeah. too fucking coward to tell her and picks another girl. Right. Ducky's smiling. He loves that she is getting her heart ripped out now. Because now she's low-hanging fruit for him in his mind. Yeah. Right? And even when after the fact he decides to fight the most awesome James Spader. <laughs> right? It's only because it's an insult to his own ego. Right? Like his love for her is not being respected. Right? He doesn't care that she got her guts ripped out. He was smiling when James Spader ripped her fucking guts out. Yeah. And they do the whole thing, everything in this movie. Like, so she shows up with Andrew McCarthy. He immediately grabs Annie Potts' character and just starts laying a makeout on her. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just a total fucking psycho. He's driving past her house all the time. He's sitting around with her dad when she's not around. Yeah. Talking I mean, about marriage. It's just yeah. really very creepy. And then the last scene... The movie so fucking made me mad because Ducky's just like, all right, date the guy who's a total piece of shit and abandon you, it, which she does. Yeah. And Ducky goes off and they're like, oh, that makes Ducky a good guy. No, it doesn't. He's waiting in the wings like a creep to pick up this sad person. Right. And then he does. OK, I'll let her go now, which, you know, is some kind of ploy. Right. It's not I don't believe it's a truly and genuine like good moment. And then they give him a girl. Right. A beautiful girl just looks over and is like, I want that without knowing his criminal background. <laughs> well, it's like if you love something like the saying, like you let him go and see if they come back. Right. I agree. But the saying doesn't there needs to be like a first sentence. like if you stalked the shit out of and harassed <laughs> something you love, then let it go. There's some. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's like an extra clause of creepiness. I actually looked something up. There actually was an alternate ending where Andy and Ducky ended up together. But the audience tested it and they did not like it. So that, why would you? Yeah. He's so, a terrible little fucking creep. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like that. Yeah, no, it so bothered me because I remember having heard you said it before. And we discuss movies with our friends. I'm sure that I've heard other people say she should have chosen Ducky. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fucking bananas, right? It's like if you watch the new Mindhunter and you're like, she should have chosen BTK when she came home and found him in the doll mask jerking off in her dress. Oh, my goodness. The I haven't seen that one neck. yet. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. Like, if you saw me doing that, you wouldn't be like, that's the one. Yeah, that's true. Good. I'm glad I hid it from you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I'm so baffled because the thing that I, I think the thing that bothered me this time is that one ducky is just obviously a creep, right? But the fact that I think Andy's kind of an awesome, strong character, right? I really love yeah, her and Annie Potts awesome. and the dad. Those are like yeah. my characters. And I love James Spader just because he's a hilarious creep in this movie. <laughs> But the, worst. the two main love interests are garbage serial killer energy guys. And at the end, they just reduce her to, oh, I do need his approval. Right? Like, they, they try to play it as, oh, well, she won on her terms because she went to prom without him. Mm -hmm. But she still ends up with him. She just condoned his behavior. Right. Right? Like, you can't go back with that guy and it'd be okay. Well, he was sorry. I mean, was <laughs> he? Like, that's what really bothered me is, like. They did this quick, like, Because oh, it's high school, though. You got to think right. about a high school mindset. Like, if you Explain really... Explain the high school mindset to like, me. Like, if you really like somebody, like, you know, you'll probably let a little, you know... I remember the long-term crushes from a distance thing. Yeah. And the thing that this movie does capture pretty well is how everything in high school is the biggest ordeal. Yeah, everything's like, overdramatic. It's yeah. so fucking dramatic. And, and you're like, there are people dealing with real stuff in this movie. Like, her dad is dealing with real trauma. Right. Right? But he's just, like, getting by. Like, he's seemingly okay, because I love the dad in this movie, too. 
because he starts off and you're like, oh, God, here he goes. Here's like the drunk, can't handle himself, sad guy. Mm -hmm. And so you think that's who the character is at the start of the movie. But by the end, Harry Dean Stanton is weaved this like unbelievably lovable dad figure, right? Mm -hmm. Who, despite having a drinking problem and has lost his job and, you know, he's having trouble with employment. He is out trying like he went out to try to get the job to try to get her address, you know, like he seems very invested. Right. And he's always, you know, the scene that broke my heart is when he apologized when she came home and was talking to him. And he's like, I'm so sorry. You have to talk to me about this stuff. Yeah. Right. So not only did the wife leave, but then so not only romantically is he obliterated, but she left this this dark chasm of insecurity. Right. That. I'm not enough of a parent to deal with these things my daughter's facing. And so I think the amount of struggle and hardship they put in Harry Dean Stanton, they didn't make him just like a comical, overwhelmed drunk. Like, he really is a lovable guy trying his best in bad situations. I think that's one of the best parts of the movie. Maybe it's because we're getting older. Yeah, and, you and we're sentimental identify. and we're parents now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the weird thing when I started, I, you know, I haven't watched South Park in years, but when I did, you're like, you know what? It's Randy Marsh guy. It's really on this like, oh, God, I've shifted from the kid. And I find myself talking like Cartman's mom. It's yeah. terrible. Ooh, I don't know if you remember Cartman's mom. That's true. No, not that part. Talking. <laughs> no, but yeah, he's such a love. I mean, him, he was one of my absolute favorite parts. Like, I've always loved Harry Dean Stan, but I forgot how charming he was in this movie. Yeah. And it's such a huge thing because... Like, that scene when she just vis viscerally lashes out at him because he bought her a dress... And you're like, what a horrible shit thing to do. But he instantly pulls it back. Like he, He's like, oh, you better shut up. And he gets all mad at her. Mm -hmm. But then immediately they kind of fall back into this place of love, right? Right. And they talk about it. Yeah, talk about a, hard things. Yeah. I mean, it is because he's just, you know, I can't beat it. I can't get over it. Yeah. And it is like one of those things where you're like, fuck, man, like I can imagine not being able to do it. Right. And he's trying. So I like movies where... A character's dealing with these demons and really hard things, but they're not, they, I don't want to say comically broken, right? Because that's not how, it, but some movies they do the, I'm so fucking broken, I can't function at all. Mm -hmm. And I just don't, I think it's more endearing to me to see the guy who's like, like he is trying to soldier on. Oh, yeah. Right? Because sometimes if a person's so broken, in my mind, I'm like, well, why is this a story? Like, I don't want to watch their story. I want to help them, right? Like, I don't mm -hmm. want to sit here and like... Like Manchester by the Sea, where you're like, Jesus Christ, guy. Like, you can't smile once the whole movie. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I get it. It's hard. But, you know, you got a nephew. Try a little harder. This movie does a great job of walking that line. Um, also, Annie Potts is fantastic. She's, who's your Who's your favorite character? I, I think her? she's my favorite. She's yeah. just so whimsical and awesome. Yeah. And she's great. She guess, is so funny in this movie, and I love her to death. It is creepy that she just hangs out with high school kids. Yeah. Because in the movie, she's at least our age, closing in on 40, it seems like. She's a little older than a bigger sister figure, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It'd be like your aunt who like is back on the market, mm -hmm. and you meet her at the bar, and you're like, ooh, <laughs> I don't want to be here when you're dating. You know what I mean? uh, yeah, other than the her just like hanging out with teenagers. But she is. She's kind of filling in for the mom gap. Right. Right? So I think that's what she's doing, but... Man, I just found her so funny in this movie. Yeah. She's fantastic. What's your, what made you love Annie Potts in this film? Just the way she carries herself. Yeah. And just the way she like looks at life and the things that she does. And she's just carefree. And that's awesome. Yeah. She's super strong. She's like, she tells her shitbag boyfriend, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and then, yeah, 
she finds love in the end so it's awesome yeah i mean that's the other thing that made me mad is they kind of neutered both her and annie or is it andy and andy where at the end they both settle for lesser men you know i mean i guess annie potts we don't know enough about the carpet salesman mm-hmm. or i think that's his job right he's like some kind of like pet, pet store pet store owner that's yeah. right because he kind of opens the door for andy and you're like oh my god this he gives a creep vibe right he had the white pants on yeah it was like a very like he wants the white pants guy who's not cool but saw miami vice right and you're like Ugh. and annie potts even is like i'm dressing like a mother yeah. like, god damn like have you ever seen a mother that's not how they dress <laughs> but you see her she's just kind of like you know i'm just kind of ready to be done with this awesome character that you've loved the whole movie right so it is good you hope in the end that she's happy and it's fine but yeah i was kind of sad i'm like man why'd they both have to settle for little shit bags yeah and then she even annie potts even has to run cover like when ducky kicked me kissed me i felt it in my knees yeah i was like oh my god i would feel it in my cell phone like 911 i gotta call <laughs> on this guy like we just brought brushed over to more of ducky's crimes right he pulls a fire alarm to try to get andy to stop talking to andrew mccarthy Right. Screams in her face. She gets home. He's called her over 15 times and left voicemails. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is not normal I have a crush behavior. Yeah. Right? This isn't I love you and want to, like, aggrandize you. This is you will only exist to make me feel <laughs> worthy. I was shocked how terrified I thought uh, of Ducky. He's yeah. really bad. Yeah. He's really bad. Um. Okay, so who else do we have in this movie? Your favorite. James Spader. <laughs> I fucking love James Spader in this movie. And not because he's a good guy, because the exact opposite. He is such an awesome, wealthy kind of creep character, right? I just love his fucking lines. Like, when he's in the room with the girlfriend who's, you know, kind of hating on Andrew McCarthy and Andy. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm going to take her to find a place to throw up. I do your thing. He always acts like he's like a 40-year-old guy who can't be bothered. He's like, oh, God, another party. <laughs> like, that scene when they're just hanging out in a library. Right. It's like no one hangs out in their dad's, like, leather-bound edition library <laughs> to fucking smoke out. And they're just having, like, these conversations like 40-year-olds have. Right? Like, when me and my friends were that age, it was always just like, how do we get party stuff? How do we find girls? How do we uh, play video games? Like, that's it. That's all yeah. you did. You didn't sit around and be like, oh, my God, the socioeconomic, you know, struggles of this town. Right. That is the weird thing, too. They do this thing in the movie, and James Spader is perfect for it. But they try to play the whole movie as Andy is this kind of unlovable peasant, right? Like, mm-hmm. she's too beneath. Which is funny because we were watching. I was like, she looks like every girl on Instagram. Now. Right. <laughs> like now she just she looks like a trendy, cool person she from makes today. her own clothes. You yeah. Know, but every store she thing. walks into, they they act like like they've smelled shit. They're like, oh, poor people. Yeah. And they're like repulsed by her. I'm like, what the fuck? Like they're not even actually poor. Like they're not like poor, poor in this movie. Right. It's kind of the funny thing. All the John Hughes movies we watched and uh, even the Andrew McCarthy movies, I was like, I didn't realize every one of those movies is just about being a super rich white person. Mm-hmm. Like every kid in all these movies is super rich, except for Andy. And then you're like, she's still pretty rich. Like she's still okay. Yeah. Like her and her dad aren't balling I out. I wasn't rich, but, like, but yeah. They have a, a nice enough house. They eat food. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, dresses are a struggle, but he can still buy one for her. Like there are actually people that can't do that. Right. But I was like, they played it up so big that it's just like, oh. I'm so, like, I can't let you see my house. And you're like, it's not like there's, like, cars on cinder blocks in your front yard. Like, it's a normal house. Like, we all grew up in houses like that. Right. But 
when you pair this thing that doesn't work for me in the movie next to James Spader's I can never button my white shirt douchiness, <laughs> it's so perfect. Because he really feels like a 35-year-old guy just like trolling around. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> what is it about James Spader that most made your skin crawl? Oh, he's just the worst. Because I think everybody kind of knows that person that like looks down on somebody else. And it just <laughs> makes you want to like, I don't know, just scream. <laughs> there was no part of Amy, like high school Amy, that would have been like, look at that fancy no. dresser in that car. High school Amy would have never gone for that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I was true. friends with everybody. You were more into like super muscly rebels like myself. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> You're like, yeah, who's that Fonz, but also looks like he could be awesome at karate? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? That's kind of what you thought of. You're like, man, this guy's so dangerous. He might just do something crazy every day. Yeah. But, like, sexy crazy, not like the news of 2019 crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was it. <laughs> oh, my God. What else uh, do we have in this movie? Andrew McCarthy's an interesting problem for me in this movie what do you make of andrew mccarthy as the the love interest the creepy ass love interest of this movie i wouldn't say he's creepy he's not ducky ducky's creepy he's a piece of shit yeah like he's a bad guy in this movie yeah well he i think he just doesn't want to be a piece of shit basically he wants to like yeah okay so so riddle me this some of the things he says he's like i don't care about that like i don't care about these big houses and whatever you know like he's trying to be a good person but then he can't let go of it that's the problem right well i would say he falls under the talk is cheap line for sure yeah right because when he's with her he can talk a big game and this and that but i think and i do think he pines over at the start in an earnest way right like when he goes out to the dumpster scene to see her and like all the emo kids and goth kids are hanging Mm -hmm. out which I thought was fucking funny. And then also when he came back, James Spader's like, hey, were you talking to the mutants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, great one-liner from him. But uh, I think in that moment, he does earnestly have a thing for her. Mm-hmm. I think the moment of the rich party is the last thing. I think even going into the bar, he's perturbed and his dander's up. And when Ducky starts messing with him, he's like, man, I'm going to fuck this dude up. Yeah. I think that's when he knows. Like, it's over. And they still hang out after that. Right. And I think he's still trying to be in it. Like, oh, I'll just say what she wants to hear, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he knows in that moment, he's like, oh, I can't go down this road. Because like, he'll not... lose everything. He'll lose all of his friends. And right. Whatever. Like high school nonsense, right? right. Like, everyone loses all their high school friends for the most part, anyways. Right. And if you lose them, it's normally because, you know, you grow past them. Right. You're not, it's not enough to keep this thing going. Yeah. But for where he is now, everyone's so myopic in high school, right? Like, everything is this enormous fucking life-shattering event. He's like, what if I'm not best friends with James Spader? Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's the thing that makes you act like such a piece of shit. Yeah. Because it's all that drama. That's how it is, though. Because yeah. those are the people you spend... I mean, how much time did you spend with other high school kids? Um, like, like all... 50% of your time? That's yeah. a lot, right? The only thing like you did more was sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I barely saw my parents when I was in yeah. high school. That's what I mean. It's like you're always at a practice. So it does feel like a huge deal. Yeah. And there is this kind of like social piranha aspect of uh, high school. But yeah, I think that's the thing this movie kind of flubbed on is I wanted one man to be worthy of any of these great women characters we have. Yeah. And the only man who was worthy was a sad old dad. And it, it just kind of, it's one of those movies where it's like and the emo- didn't get the girl. Yeah, the, like all romantic comedies to me are little romantic dramas. I don't even know if this is that much of a comedy, right? But these little like kind of romantic movies, the thing that I want in the end is for the two things that belong together but can't connect for some, you know, kind of forced perspective reason, whatever is like, 
you know, I like peanut butter. I like chocolate. <laughs> and they can't. And then at the end, they're like, peanut butter M&M's. We did it. <laughs> like, I want them to overcome the superficial bond. Right. Or the, the bridge, I mean, the super superficial bridge. Right. In this movie, I never felt like I got that. Right? Because all I wanted Andy to do was tell all these guys to fuck off. And I wanted Andy Potts to tell that pet store dude, like, you're kind of just like a lame dude for me. Yeah. Like, I am the 80s Lady Gaga. Like, she, she had Lady Gaga energy way in the 80s. I wanted her to have better. I wanted Ducky to get apprehended and off the streets forever. <laughs> you know, like, I, I just wanted, I felt like the emotions never paid off in this movie for me. Because mm-hmm. it is really fun. And I, I love Molly Ringwald in this era. She's just one of those kind of captivating to watch actresses. And she's very, like, girl next door. You can totally relate to her. Right. You know, and she's strong. So, you yeah. know, I think a lot of people identify with her. But that's what that's what bothers me though, man. Is, is like I, I do feel that way. Power. And the only guy she kind of goes in on it feels like is her dad. Her dad put on her his nice suit to try to go buy her dress, and she fucking flips on him. That scene really hurts me. Like that scene actually like had me crying on the couch. You saw. I know. Granted, I cry all the time. But it had. But that's that's the beauty of their relationship is that they can do that though. Yeah. And then get to the real. You know, but that's the other thing too. She pets. has an example of a really good guy. Yeah. And then to go and be like, like the only she does tell James Spader to fuck off, which was great. Yeah. Because they have that great line at the end where Andrew McCarthy's like, "What does he say to him?" He says, "Uh, you know, you're you're afraid of her because she knows you're shit, and deep down inside, you know she's right." And I was like, "That's a really good line." Because I think that's how every high school kid feels. Right. Is like, I'm so I want to be in the cool crowd and I want to be the center of attention. But also, you never want to be the center of attention, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to be recognized and loved and known, but I don't want anyone to see that I'm, you know, like the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain. Right. And my whole fucking high school shtick is a lie. Right. And then you're uncovered as a as a nerd. Yeah. And that's what, it, but, and I feel like Andy was one of those rare characters that felt like she was living very open and honestly, right? Like the high school kid you want to be. Mm-hmm. But then at the end to have her, I like the idea of her going to prom saying, like, I don't want, I want him to know he didn't break me. Right. Right. Like, that is adorable. But then having to go through the gauntlet of Ducky again, like a little fucking asshole. Yeah, but that was kind of his heroic moment, though, is that he was there for her. I agree. But it feels like a falsely heroic moment, right? Was he really there for her? Yes. Like, he knew she was going to go and he's like, I'll be there to wait. Or was he there like, I'm still on the troll and hopefully she'll show up damaged and battered and i will try to swoop in you know what i mean yeah it's like when a lion's like oh that gazelle has a limp that's dinner yeah you know what i mean that's sad it is that's what i mean the movie forces this oh ducky is a heroic good romantic friend i don't buy it i'm really worried (laughs) and then you know god damn for him to just walk over like that and her not to just rip him a new one and she chooses him i can't get over it it bothers me so much in this movie the, emo- the emotional toll this movie took on me <laughs> is unnaturally heavy. I'm really bothered by what happened in this movie. But you got to think of it with a high school mindset. Like that's, I think you're right. That's the whole thing. That's, that's the only the thing, way it, it makes it work. Like, How do you not know this guy is going to make an Andy suit out of you? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to be like, would you fuck me? I fuck me hard. Wild horses. Oh <laughs> you know, with his little fedora on, he's doing like tricks. You know the whole scene when he's like uh, lip syncing? That would actually just be Wild Horses from Silence of the Lambs while he's wearing Andy's skin. Oh, my goodness. He, that's what he does. He's like, I love you so much. What she does to dresses, he's going to do to red-haired women that <laughs> scorn him. 
Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, they're just they're just bad dudes. And I don't like how this movie says, "Hey, these awesome women that are living out front, being exactly as open as they can be, right? Because yeah. no one's all the way open, right? Uh, you know, that's great. You're gonna be with all these shit bags. Yeah, like they might as well have had her end up with James Spader. He's not any worse than the others. In he a way, is. no, because in a way, James Spader's at least the most honest. Like when he interacts with Andy, he does nothing to hide the fact. I am a piece of shit that will try to uh, uh, use and abuse whatever connection we form. Mm-hmm. Right? Not great. Not ideal. But in a way, what? it's not as bad as the other two that are like, I'm going to fucking slide in under the guise of, oh, I'm just an innocent lover boy. <laughs> and then fucking betray and hurt her as much as they can constantly because they only use her to fucking propel their own mythology. It's dark. That's what I mean. I think James Spader... Is the guy she should have ended up with. Whoa. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. I don't know. She could have been walking around her dream house uh, with, you know, an almost all the way unbuttoned long shirt, risky business style, <laughs> not dealing with these serial killers. <laughs> is James Spader the guy that we should all try to date? No. I was kind of Spader-like in high school. You were not. I was pretty cool, super slick, very fashionable. You were very sweet. Like you hanging your, out your in leather-bound edition rooms. <laughs> my turtlenecks. Oh, my God. That was middle school, by the way. And I'll have you know, this is something I don't know if I told you. You remember I told you the story of when I was in sixth grade, I wanted to look nice, right? So my mom got me a bunch of dockers and turtlenecks and, like, deep V cardigan pullovers. <laughs> I've seen the pictures. And it's every true. day that's how I dress because I was like, oh, I'll look fancy as hell. And all the girls will like me. I was in sixth grade. I was like, this is how it works. <laughs> Did not work. Mocked ruthlessly. <laughs> but the prettiest girl in my school, who everyone had a crush on, liked me and thought I was funny, right? So the first day we had our high school dance, this was my pretty and pink lifestyle, right? <laughs> we had our first dance. I dressed in the full, like, pullover again in the turtleneck. And I'm over there, you know, whatever, like, doing my little Macarena, whatever was cool, like <laughs> Macarena and Barbie Girl were the big songs. And uh, the girl jumps out of nowhere and she goes, Hey, would you like to dance? And I had the moment where I'm like, this could change my entire social trajectory. If I, like, woo this girl, maybe get a little kiss. And that it was just, like, lip-touching kisses back then. <laughs> like, this could change everything. I got so fucking scared. I said, nope. And I <laughs> ran away. Because we used to have the dance. And then we'd have a gym where you could just go shoot hoops in your socks. Yep. We <laughs> so had that, too. So me and all the other boys, like, afraid to dance. <laughs> so I was Molly Ringwald. But they did break me. I ran away. <laughs> I was totally broken by fear of the, the cute girl in my class. I still think about it all the time. I'm like, does she think back on, oh, man, what if I had snagged that cardigan kid? She's like Facebooking you. She's like, oh, that devil, Amy. I know. She got that. Because then once I, I was kind of like Mothra, right, in a cocoon. Once I ripped off that cardigan, you're like, oh, my God, who is this slick Patrick Swayze in the outsider style high school hooligan? There might not have been of you and I. I know. It's crazy. That's what I mean, though. That's what this movie's all about, shit. right? Who knows? <laughs> what happens if Andrew McCarthy isn't a piece of shit? You know? What happens if James Spader's a little more of a liar? What happens if Ducky had just gone to buy rope instead of records? <laughs> you don't know. You never know. Missed connections. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. I do I do love the energy and the fun of this movie. Oh, yeah. It had, like, a great soundtrack. Yeah, then, it's just this time and vibe. It just it's a place, and I don't know that I can ever be objective about these movies, right? Because they exist in my mind. They're linked to a time for me more like 
records and music are than movies. Mm -hmm. When I watch this movie, I am transported back to that kind of high school age. Right. You know, and so I don't know that I can be biased. You know, it bothers me some of those emotional issues of the film, but it's just fun to feel like I'm in high school, like, oh my God, like this is so dramatic. <laughs> like, I love that stuff. I still to this I day you do. love your high school dramas. I love high school dramas. <laughs> it is my thing. Skins is one of my all time favorites. I still go back. And I'm like, these kids be acting a fool. I just love it. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, your final thing if you had to sell someone who still hasn't seen Pretty in Pink, warts and all, what would you sell this movie as? I'd say it's a story of an awesome girl just treading the waters of high school trying to find her love and just making her way through life and just being her and original and i think it's still great yeah yeah you're okay with how it ends i'm okay with how it ends yeah that doesn't bother you at all i mean yeah i think she could do better but (laughs) i mean it's kind of like you are like it's high school so she probably moves on to college and and he's pretty cute i mean that's this is something me and kevin talked about on the andrew mccarthy's a serial killer double feature how the fuck was andrew mccarthy considered a heartthrob he's cute he's got good hair but like he's like he has weird eyes at times he's got the robert downey jr charisma thing but he always looks like he is pretending he's not ready to murder like he has this like weird energy that I hate. It makes me feel like he's a killer about to explode. Like that show you made me start watching with you, Us. You. You. That's what yeah. it's sorry. Different movie. You. <laughs> it's a TV show about a guy who's like a bookstore serial killer. Right. I don't even know if he's a serial killer yet. He's a stalker so far who has killed. Yeah, he killed. But the whole thing is like super melodramatic. Boyfriend. Or and the whole time I watched it, I was like, this should have been Andrew McCarthy. Like, if he was young now, that's the show he'd be on. Because he does look like, oh, I'm just a beautiful young guy who works in a bookstore. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, with your fucking jackets with the elbow pads. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, and you have a basement murder locker. Yeah, the, the mirror or the whole glass case thing. That's right. It's scary. See, we do we do like our melodramas. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys uh, like melodramas and Pretty in Pink as much as us. Uh, that's it for today. And that's it for the Brat Pack, man. Um you will have also listened to the Dandinos break down 16 Candles. Alex has a very interesting theory about Jake Ryan. Ooh, um, Jake Ryan. He still has my heart. Not after you hear Alex's theory. Uh-oh. He thinks it's a dark, dark day, uh, the day 16 Candles is occurring. The Jake Ryan is up to no good. Dirty deed. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you guys will have heard that. That's the end of our Brat Pack. Uh, the next month, the pod questions reality. So, for sure, we're doing the Matrix Trilogy. We're doing Total Recall. We're doing Dark City. Uh, and we're kind of on the fence with a couple others. Black Swan will be in there. Uh, movies where who knows what the hell's happening. Uh, so we're very excited for that. We will be going to the theater to see it. We have some really good movies that came out in the theater this weekend we're hoping to cover for you. Uh, lots of fun stuff. And again, guys, October is going to be jam-packed. You have no idea how many shows we're recording to put out in October uh, so catch up on all things Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. Wink, wink. Uh, for the film alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey, and I would love to thank my delightful wife uh, for being lucky enough. The ducky to my Andy. Oh, no. no You're going to kill me now. <laughs> Are you going to say you're Andy Potts and I'm the pet store guy? Sure. <laughs> Maybe I'm James Spader, and you're some cool hipster girl who hasn't met him yet? Maybe. Maybe that's what we'll settle on. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you for joining Amy Griffey. Thank you. Peace.